Welcome to Lakeside Church's message podcast. Our prayer is that you fall in love with Jesus, find your church family, live in freedom, and be active in your purpose. Let's join the message already in progress. We're here. Um, we are happy that you are here. We are in week four of a message series called The Call, where we're, we're looking at the mission of Jesus. And what I want you guys, as we close this series up, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the other messages, feel free to go to the website online and check them out. But I really believe that Jesus' mission is for us today. And sometimes we might think that there's no space for us. And today's message, I'm going to try to show that there are a lot of different people in this room. There are a lot of different people in the body of Christ. We are all gifted differently. If we were all the same, it'd be boring. But God wants to use all of those differences to share a message fully um, to the world. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. And so I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look at some scriptures. So would you guys pray with me today as, as we go into this? But Father God, I thank you for your, your mercy. I thank you for your spirit. I thank you for Jesus and the cross. I thank you, God, for a church family. I thank you, God, for brothers and sisters in the Lord. Lord, may you speak to us now. May your word pierce our hearts, and may we be encouraged to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to go to the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 3. Um, so if you want to turn there, it should be on your paper, and it will be on the screen shortly. But book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 3. And, and what I want you to leave here today with is, is I don't want you to feel like you have to please God or you have to do anything to earn God's favor. Can you guys get that through your heads right now? You don't have to earn God's favor. God already proved he loves you. He sent his son Jesus to die for you like he's gone above and beyond to prove that he loves you. So you can't earn God's love, but you can make him happy. I don't love my children any less at any point during the day, but there's some times that they make me happy. There's sometimes they make me mad, but the love never goes away. And so what we're not talking about is earning God's love. We're talking about doing something, being part of something that brings joy to God's heart. God's already proven he loves you. But I believe that there's something that, that we can be a part of, that we can partner with each other, partner with the Holy Spirit, and we can do something that glorifies God and in some way puts a smile on his face. We had been reading the, the parable of um, the, the, the lost sheep, that the shepherd leaves the 99 and goes after the one, and how it says it brings joy to heaven. See, the shepherd loved all the sheep. So I'm not talking about God's love, but I'm talking about bringing joy to heaven. And so my goal today is that we would read through some scriptures and see what the Lord says, and perhaps you would find something in here that you say, you know what, I want to bring joy to heaven. I want God to be happy. God has done good stuff for me, and I want to respond to his grace, and I want to be a part of what he is doing right now, because God is still active in this world. And so the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 3, is where we're going to start. It says, for the grace of God given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. One of the things I love about the church is we're, we all have different roles, but we're kind of all equal in Christ, right? 
don't every, doesn't every single one of us need grace from Jesus? I'm not better than you just because I might speak up here more often than you do. I am not better than you. I still need that same forgiveness, that same mercy of the cross. So nobody should think highly because there's, there's some people that, you know, we get that way. Our heads get big. We think more highly than we should. And so he's reminding us, don't think more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Well, I want you to put that word in yellow up there, the measure of faith that God has assigned or that God has given. You know how the Bible says that if it's just the, uh, if you just had a mustard seed of faith, you could move mountains. Have you guys heard that verse before? In fact, it was the first message we ever preached when we started this church. That if you had a mustard seed of faith, that tiny little seed that is microscopic, you could move mountains. We've heard that. We've talked about that. And right here, I think it's something beautiful is that God has given you a measure of faith. He's scooped out a big old pile of faith, if you believe in the gospel, he's given you a measure and he's assigned it for you to you for a reason. Verse four, for as in one body, we have many members and all the members do not have the same function. So Paul is making an analogy here or an ex- um, a connection to the body of Christ being like a physical body. And we all know different body parts do different things. Some move, some leak, Some see, some walk. I mean, they all do different things. I mean, some parts are wet, like your tongue, and some points are dry, like your hands. Like, they're all different, but they all come together for the same function. And that's what I want you to see today is the beauty of God's plan, that God takes people that are very different. Man, I look around this room, and none of y'all are like me. None of you grew up in Miami. None of your parents are from Cuba, as far as I know. None of, your, n- none of you experience what I experience. In fact, my wife is probably the most like me. We've been married 20 years next month. Can you believe that? But even we're not the same. We're very different. And I thank God for that. I would not want to marry me. It would not be a good, no. No, my wife and I are different, but we come together for the same function or the same purpose. And one of the things that has happened in a lot of places, in a lot of places where the body of Christ is, is is we think that a lot of people don't have a function. Or if they do have a function, it is really just to sit down in the church. That that's your function to show up. Or maybe to give a little bit extra if that's your home church and you want to support it financially. But we think that those are the only two functions, and that's just not what the Scripture says. We don't all have the same function. And though we are many, we are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. So we might function differently, but we do have the same mission. Verse 6, having gifts then according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. And this is what we're going to talk about, is that each of us, by by the grace of God, have been given gifts. Like Caleb and I are dear friends. He has gifts that are different than mine. Big, different gifts. That man is a teacher. If If you sit in one of Caleb's Bible studies, or you ever sit with him, this knowledge begins to flow out, and analogies, and he ties concepts together, and he speaks clearly, and he just, he goes so deep. 
that you could just really sit there with a notepad and be like, oh my gosh, this man knows a lot. But that's not me. David, associate pastor over here, this man loves people. He has so much grace and so much patience, and he'll spend hours upon hours on the phone with people and visiting them and encouraging them and counseling them, and, and that's not me. I can't. Now, I can, but it's not really a gift like this man has. He has a heart of a pastor. He has a heart of, of somebody that loves to do that. Now, I do it out of necessity, and there's some times that God really graces me, and there's certain people that I will just meet with and I will pour out to, but, but it drains me in a way that I don't think it drains him like he finds life in it. So we all have these different gifts, and they all come from God's grace. And if you leave here with anything by the time we're done is that all of these gifts come together for the same purpose. And the end of verse 6, let us use them. Now I'm not saying let me use your gifts. Let us use them. Be who God has called you to be. Rise up, man of God, woman of God. Let the gifts that God has placed within you be a blessing to us. And if that happens, I think God's message will be preached fully and God's will will be accomplished here. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. So he, in verse um, 12 of the book of Romans, he lists out several of the gifts and we're going to read through some of them right here. And in other places in scripture, he lifts other gifts. So I don't know that there's an exhaustive gift list, gift list out there. But the point is that there are different gifts, and he's going to list several of them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, that's encouragement, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, and the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So he's basically going through and he's listing off several gifts, and we're going to take a look at each of them here in a minute. But he's saying no matter what your gift is, do it right. Be that person. Don't try to be me. Don't try to be David. Don't try to be my wife or Rhonda or Liz. Like, be you, but be your best you. And watch God use that. We're going to go to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4, and this is the other chapter where Paul lists a bunch of gifts. And he says it right here. He says, there are a variety of gifts. So a different book, same author, same point. I think God wants us to know this. I think that this is important. There are varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Varieties of service, Varieties of ways to serve. There are a lot of ways to serve God, but we're all serving the same Lord. And so my question to you is, 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 are you using your gifts and are you serving the Lord to the best of your ability? I can't answer that for you. I don't even want to pretend like I could. But in your heart of hearts, as you stand before God and you look at your life and who God has created you to be, have you laid that down and said, God, whatever it takes, I'll give my life to you 
use the gifts you've given me for your glory. They're his gifts for his glory. Verse 6, and there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God. The same God. We all serve the same God, and it says he empowers them all in everyone. Do you believe that? Like, I I know we're reading it, but sometimes we may not believe it. Do you believe that God has graced you with a gift of his spirit that is unique for you? And that he has made you someone special in his body, and that he wants to empower you? Like, turn the power on. Turn the power on in you so that you can function. Like, God wants that for you, and I'm, I'm calling out, and I don't feel like I'm doing him justice, but I think the plan of God is so great that I want to see God's people, empow- people empowered. God's people empowered to do what God has called you to do, that you would, you, you would receive the grace and receive God's power, them all in everyone. Some people, we may not think, well, I'm not gifted. I don't have anything to offer. I don't, I don't have really have anything that really fits anywhere. And that's a lie. Because God empowers them all and everyone. It might look different. I, I will be honest. Like, I'm kind of a little bit good at almost everything. That's my gift. I'm a little bit good at almost everything except singing. No gift. When God was handing out points of like, well, you could kind of teach and you can kind of speak and you can kind of lead and you can kind of hear God's voice. And no, you can't sing at all. Let's lower that one down to zero. Like those were my attributes and I got to own that. The worst thing to do would be for me to try to sing. I went to a church, the first church I was at, I told you, I just got involved in anything I could, and I went to, uh, there was Brother Tyrone, and he led the choir. We had a choir at this church, it was a little bit different style, but he led the choir, and me and Jose, we just got saved, and we were on, like, just burning up wanting to serve God, and Brother Tyrone was this really big African-American guy, like, huge dude, could sing deep, and he says, why don't you all come to choir? And we're like, yeah! We showed up on a Tuesday to choir, and Brother Tyrone was giving us things to sing. And by the time it was done, he's like, hmm. And we like, yeah, this isn't our thing, is it? No, we, we know we're good. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'll go run the sound. And I did. I ran a video camera because I could do that. But it would be dumb of me to do nothing just because I couldn't fit there. But I had to experience trying it out. And your gifts make way. And your gifts let you know, like, oh, I fit here. And you feel God's empowerment. Verse 7, to each. If you're a follower of Christ today, if you follow Christ, you are one of the each. You are given a manifestation of the Spirit. In other words, God's Spirit is too great to flow through any one person. The fullness of God cannot be expressed in me, but he can be expressed in us. And to each is given a manifestation of the Spirit, a gift, this reality that comes out from Christ inside of you for the common good. And my only question is, is have you realized that 
And have you leaned into that? Have you said, my gifts might not be fancy. My gifts might be very basic, but they're still important. There are people, and I, you know, I thank God for these people, but there's people that have a gift of service. We're going to look at these gifts individually, but they show up here in the morning and they clean the toilet out. Thank God. Ladies, can you say thank God for a second? Because, <laughs> you know, that's a service as under the Lord. That's something that, you know, we don't need clean toilets, but come on now. If you've ever been in a dirty toilet, you thank God for a clean toilet. And for somebody to say, you know what, I can do this. This is where I fit. This is my niche. Like, it's the common good. Amen? To walk in there and it smells better and it looks good. But they're operating in their gifts. So we're going to go through a few gifts. On the back, you have a chart. I did not list them all because there's a lot of different gifts in the Bible, but I picked 12 that I thought were important. And this would be a great idea for a small group one time to go through in more in depth. This is just an over. So the first one, an overview. The first one we're going to talk about is leading. Do you know leadership is a gift? I would define leading like this, is, is I serve others and I help them follow Jesus. If you think of leadership as anything else other than service, you're not a leader. A leader is someone that says, you know what, I am here to serve. I am here to help others. And then when you go and you serve others, like you begin to help them follow Christ, not yourself. So some of you might have that gift. You might be really good at leading. And you know what, that, that's one of the gifts that's kind of popped up in my life. Normally, I've wound up rising to leadership because I'm a little bit impatient, and I'm first. And then people follow me. I mean, like, it's not always right, but, but that's one of the gifts that I kind of have. And, and I really try to focus on serving, not on titles. Leading is not a title. Leading is not a position. Leading is an activity, a gift of action to serving and ultimately allowing other people to follow Jesus better. Some of you are leaders, and we need the leaders in the house to rise up. There's not just one leader here. God has empowered more. Another gift that I think is very important, acts of mercy. Paul lists this, acts of mercy. How would I define an act of mercy? One, I would say, my heart loves easily. There's some people that are hard to love, amen? Don't look at anybody. But they're like extra grace required. You get around them and you're like, whoo, that is a difficult person. But the people with the act of mercy, you can be around all kinds of people. And you just are like, I love him. He's weird. She's nasty. She's mean. But I love him. My heart goes out to them. And you don't take things as personally because you have tons of mercy for people that need it. And you can express that, and it doesn't wear you out, and it brings you joy. The other side of an act of mercy is that you really have a heart for helping people in need. You see people that are hungry, and you're like, you want to get involved in that. If this is your gift, you might be a Donna Marie. I think you might have one of these gifts. She's my sister back there. We were in a small group, and she is hilarious. And I think that this is one of her gifts. She, she wants to get involved, and she wants to help people. 
like you see a physical need and like you want to meet it. Like your heart just goes out and you can't sit still. People with acts of mercy that just bubble up, we need you. We need you to bubble up and to help those people that are in need. The next one, discernment of spirits. Now, this gets into the spiritual side of things, but there is a gift called discernment of spirits. But if I was going to talk about the spiritual world, i got to bring it back to the natural world because we operate in the natural. So how does the discernment of spirits work? And I think some of you have this, like, you can read people really well. Some of y'all are clueless. You talk to somebody and you're just like, oh, it seems like a nice guy. And other of you are like, mm-mm, watch out for that one. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. Don't you be around her. Stay away from him. And I'm not saying judgment. They're like the opposite side of the acts of mercy people. We need both of you. We need people that are going to love people that are really difficult. And we need some people to be like, let's not let the kids go around him. Come over here, kids. Come on. You go talk to him. I got the kids. Come on, kids. Because that's real. Because God loves all kinds of people. And we need the body of Christ to be that. You read people, you, you recognize there's a spiritual side. Now, here's a trick, is there is sometimes not a spiritual side behind things. And there sometimes is a spiritual side to things. And somebody that can discern spirits, they can, they can read people well, and they can recognize that, hey, perhaps this is the activity of the enemy here. They're not like rebuking the enemy when their car doesn't start. But they recognize, you know what, something's really bad at your work. I think the enemy is trying to, to get in there. I think, I think he's trying to stir things up. Let me pray for that because I, I don't think that's normal. I think that's beyond normal in a different realm. Discernment of spirits. We need you if you're here. Giving. Paul lists this as a gift. This would be a really cool gift to have, the gift of giving. Right? Would you like this gift? God blesses me so that I can bless others. That'd be a cool one on the list. That God, you, you recognize that some people, you ever realize some people just make money real easily? You're like, that guy's not even that smart. But he's rich. How did he get so rich? Some of you guys have been gifted financially, and I say that jokingly. Some of you are very smart, and you work very hard for your stuff. But some people have been gifted financially specifically because God wants to use you to bless other people. Like, that, that's it. Like, to be generous. That you, you see a need, and God has already given you the resources to take care of that need. Like you've got them sitting in your bank account or in your 401k or someplace right now. And I'm not saying even a need in the church, although that's part of it, but just a need in general. Your neighbor needs help, and you are already positioned to be that blessing. I got you. Demonstrating the love and the grace of God through the gift of giving. That's a powerful gift. Teaching. Not everybody's a teacher. Can we just like, can we acknowledge that? That that's a gift? That God gives that to some people? I think if you're going to be a teacher, then you got to be somebody who studies. Because if not, you're way off base. But if I was going to define teaching, I would say I study deeply. Like I get into the word 
and just nerd out on Scripture. I, put, I learn the Greek. I learn the Hebrew. I, I learn the context. I, I learn who the author is. I learn who the audience is. I, and I just break it down because I got to understand what it's really saying. If you're a teacher, you hear something when somebody, well, probably you hear me every week and you're like, well, I don't know if I agree about that. You might have a teacher in you. That's okay. When you speak, I do the same thing. I'm like, well, I don't know about that. But you hear it and you listen and, 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 and you go deep into it so that you can explain it clearly. There's some of you people that when you talk, you make the complex simple. Others of you, you make the simple complex. And people are like, what? <laughs> what do I do? And that's okay. But a gift, it's a gift. And there, there's a lot of learning that needs to happen in this body, in this area, and there has to be teachers that arise that recognize this gift in themselves, that put the time in to studying, and then find ways to explain it clearly because there's too much deception out in this world. The next one, encouraging or exhortation. I put encouraging, but it's exhorting. I do and I say things, this is how I would define it, that cheer people on. You exhort people. Have you ever done something when somebody's cheering you on and you're like, it feels good? Like the first, I did a, uh, one of those triathlon things. It was a mini triathlon. Me and my wife did it, and it was really hard, and there was swimming and biking, which I hated. That was terrible, and running, which was okay, but the whole time you're doing it, people are cheering you on, and I didn't realize like how much it would really make a difference to hear somebody else say, yeah, go. You're doing good. Keep it up. Keep moving. You got this. We need some encouragers. Some of you are naturally that way. Use that gift. Let, the, let it manifest. Let the Spirit of God use you to, to cheer people on, to encourage them for good things, to say, you know what, you're so, you, you know, you, the encouragers, sometimes they get the other people moving. They go up and they say, you know, God has just blessed you and you are so good with difficult people. Why aren't you working with difficult people? You do so good. I saw you talk to that guy, and everybody else can't stand him. But you, like, you had a smile on your face. Would you do that? We need the exhorters to do things and encourage things, to keep it moving, to keep the excitement up, to bring forth those messages and those conversations and those small groups that, that give people, like, a fresh breath when life gets hard. If that's you, we need you. Another gift lifted in the scripture is the gift of hospitality. Do you realize if it's listed as a gift, then, then it probably means it's not natural for a lot of people. Hospitality. I make people feel at home by treating them like he does. And my brother-in-law, he's somebody I think of with hospitality. If, if somebody shows up and somebody comes into a room, like his heart goes out and he, he's just drawn to them and he's nice and he's welcoming and, and he lets people feel like, like they belong and he, he makes them just feel good about being there. And some of us, when a new person shows up, that's not our natural reaction. We're like, who's this? 
And then the discerning people are like, watch out. But the hospitality people, they got to be like, I got this. Hey. And now you might have discernment and hospitality. Like you can overflow, but they, they go and they do things and, and people feel at home. And that's what the body of Christ should be like. Like every time people show up at church or in a small group or to coffee, like it should be like brothers and sisters getting together and just the weight of the world coming off. We're just like, ah, it's good to be home, to be around my family, to be around my brothers and sisters in the Lord. And and hospitality, that's a gift that we need. It's a gift the body of Christ needs to do the work that God has called us to do, which is to make the gospel known to all nations and make disciples. Healing. Healing, that's a gift. It's gifts of healings. I trust in the power he gave. I pray for others and people get better. It's a real simple way to know if you have a gift of healing. That last part. People ain't getting better. You might just be praying, and that's good. But there's some people, when they pray, it really seems like it works. Can I just be honest? Like, there's some people that when you say you're going to pray for me, I'm like, awesome, thank you. And there's some people that when I need prayer, I go to them, and I say, pray for me. Because when you pray, things are different. My life is blessed. And we need people that that have that. Let's keep moving forward. We're going to go to the next one, prophecy. I would try to simplify it as much as I can, and there's some people that just hear his voice. Some of you people wouldn't recognize God's voice if he was screaming, and that's okay. But there's some people that have spent time in his word, have spent time with him in prayer, and you just hear his voice. It's very like, it's very real. You know him. You walk with him. And you could just share what he's put on your heart. And you ever realize that there's some people that they can give a great teaching, but it wasn't timely? It was like, that's a great teaching, but that's not what I needed. And there's some people that can give like it's an okay teaching, but it's at the right time because they've heard God and they knew what needed to be said. And it's like, you know, the teaching wasn't great, but I really needed to hear that. And we need people that hear the voice of the Lord, that spend time in his word, that recognize who Jesus is and can encourage us with the word of the Lord. The next one, now these are probably the two hardest to explain, the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. It's listed in in, um, Corinthians. These are tough. I would define them as I know what to say, the word of knowledge, And I know how to say things that give life or how to do things. Like the knowledge is the what and the wisdom is the how. Words of knowledge and words of wisdom, I think that sometimes we we need that. We need life-giving words to be spoken to each other. We need wisdom, and some of you have it, and it pours out of you. We need knowledge, and sometimes we need that, and it pours out of you. But we need both of those things. Helping. This one right here is one of my favorites. I I like this gift. I think this is one of my strongest gifts. Helping. My wife does not agree. No, I'm just kidding. 
helping. I do things. I love to do things for people in need. I left a word out, but I love to do things for people in need. I thought you were saying I'm not helpful. That's messed up, babe. You crushed my spirit. She is not an act of mercy type of person. I'm just kidding. But she's discerning. I'll give her that. But I'm helping. There's some people you're helpers. You love to help. You love to get things done. You love to go out there or, and find, find stuff, and you love to help. And trust me, that is a gift because that is not for everybody. There's some people, and I'm not going to talk to one of my kids, but like as your kids get older, I'm not going to list the name of this one or, or two. Maybe there's two. But, you know, they can tell when mom and dad are about to ask something. And I've realized that as the five kids are sitting there and they can tell, oh, they hear it in our voice. Chores are about to come. Like I've literally seen them run down the hallway. If I can get out of earshot, I won't have to do it. And I'm like, what are you doing? And then there's some of my kids that they love to help and they are there and they, they see what needs to be done and they love doing it. And, and it's the same thing in the body of Christ. Some of y'all, you hear or ask for help. The church needs help, and you're like, I got to go. And some of y'all, you're like, I'll do it, whatever it takes. But that's a gift we need. Serving, that's another gift. I think it, it aligns with leadership, and it aligns with helping, I believe. But if things need to get done, I'll do them. Gerald is one of those people in the back, like, whatever needs to get done. Whatever, ha- whatever it is, Yes. If I can do it, I will. Some of y'all are like that. If things need to get done, you'll do them. And the body of Christ needs all of these gifts. We went through so many different ones. And they're different, but they complement each other. And nobody can be all of this. But together, all of this can come out and really represent Christ well. And together, they work very well together to make the message of Christ um, clearly preached to the world. Now this last slide I have, and on your chart, if you filled in what I've, what I've been going over, it, look, it should look something like this. And if you go through each of the boxes and you circle those words, I think it's an illustration of how Jesus loves people so deeply that he gave his life for them. That all of the gifts highlight something different and something unique. And together, when they work together, they make the preaching of the gospel clear, the demonstration of the gospel clear. They make discipleship happen. They make people grow in their faith. And they fix things that are broken. And it's not one gift greater than the other, but it's them all working in harmony and in concert, allowing the will of God to be done. And so we started this message series when we read the parable about the lost sheep and how the shepherd went out and found the lost sheep and how we have a call and have a mission to reach people that are, that are lost. And we talked about how lost is not a matter of value. $20 in my pocket versus $20 I'm looking for is still $20. It's a matter of position. People that are away from God and God wants them to come home And together, as we use all of these gifts and more, because there's more in the book, we can let that message be preached. Would you bow your heads with me right now as we close? 
really, I wanted to encourage you today. I wanted to, to inspire you, hopefully, to be who God has called you to be and to do your part, whatever it is, and to take glory that it doesn't have to be a big fancy thing that you're doing, but it might be essential. We're not, we're not looking for superstars. We're looking for people that allow God to use them. But if you feel challenged today, if you feel like perhaps God is challenging you to use your gifts more faithfully, that you realize that one of those gifts up there, or maybe something else you already know about yourself, is there, that God, is, God wants you to use your gifts, whatever they are, and that means you might have to study if you're a teacher. You might have to put some time into the Word. It means if, 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 if you think that, you know, you walk closely with the Lord, you might have to put some time into the Word and some time into prayer. If you think that maybe God has called you to be a giver, but your finances are a mess, maybe you get that right so God can put you in the right spot. Or if you're called to be a helper, you actually start helping. If you're called to be any of those things, maybe you feel like God has gifted you to pray and it works, like the healings work, but, but you've been too afraid to pray and God is challenging you when you hear a need that you say, hey, can I pray for you? Maybe you recognize a lack of hospitality and God might be calling you to, to meet that. I don't know. But if you recognize that God is speaking you to, to you today and encouraging you to use your gifts for his glory, would you raise your hand right now if you feel challenged, if you feel encouraged? Amen. Amen. God, you saw the hands that went up. I pray for everyone that you're speaking to, everyone that you're dealing with, and I speak yes and amen. God, that we would not all look the same or be the same, but we would be walking towards the same purpose of making the gospel of Jesus Christ known, of reaching people who are lost with words and with actions, that we would demonstrate the love of God by what we say and by what we do, that we would love each other and encourage each other while holding each other accountable. God, that we would be a mature body that grows up into the head, which is Christ. And I thank you for this, your word, and I thank you for your love. Please, Father, bless us and keep us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Hey guys, I'm Bob. <laughs> <laughs>